0: Were a right, lot and of I'm gonna go into them in my section, fucking Adam. Oh, fucking! I'm go. gonna fucking. Is your go. shirt gonna I'm come gonna back, back on? Take my boom, my mic stand. I'm gonna beat you with it. <laughs> Are the and pants come off? I will have my own podcast, which would be great. All right, so, 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 so I'm gonna go. Are the pants gonna come off at any point? Welcome to the Do Nature episode. Great episode. We're talking about aliens. Very very excited. I can't, I can't even get to the intro. Yeah. Get, um, Adam. Digestions. Grapes. Um, uh, my digestion. I've been drinking matcha as you heard last episode. It's been great. Um, I had a little bit of Rio last night because I did rail some ice cream at two in the morning. What kind of ice cream? That I'll do that to you. Uh, brownie batter core Ben and Jerry's. Uh, dairy free. No, no, no. I don't go for the dairy of free shit. Yeah, dairy for for the, that's a joke. You, you take the if, doo-doo. You if go, you're go, the dairy, eat, no, you go for the dairy, you take the doo. If you're going to eat ice cream, you might as well eat real ice cream. Because if you're eating the fake ice cream, it's not like it's necessarily good for you to eat right. fake you're ice gonna cream. Go, it's going to mess you up anyway. It has tons of sugar in it anyway, even if it's non-dairy. So you might as well go with the real thing, right? And really fuck yourself up. Absolutely. Uh, what about I, my grape? You have a small grape. What is, is that? You, you are just a little fiery hyena. Yeah, yeah too, right? I'm a little fiery hyena. Can I tell them? Can I tell? I'm, I'm tell I want to tell people. I'm going to skip I, my I know you're going it. to. It's like, how soon am I going to have to turn Noah's volume down? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, go no, ahead. turn it too far down like you did last episode, right? Then we'll have to re-record Aliens again <laughs> for the third time. No. That would be great. Let's do we, that. We don't re-record it. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about either, but if we were re-recording, this would be the second time that we've recorded it. If we did, re-record. if we did re-record things, because uh, Adam turned my sound down too much, what's your but that did happen. Hey, Mike, right? Mike okay. When you take, when you take your girlfriend or significant other out, when you go, when you go out on a date, okay. And your date doesn't go well for whatever reason. Okay. Maybe you got an argument. Maybe we did. Maybe you got, maybe you get an argument, whatever. Okay. And actually all the effort you put into like kind of doing the date, it backfires. So now, so now like it would be better if you didn't go on the date because now your significant other is angry and and now I have to figure out, so I went on the date yesterday, but now I have to figure out a way to make them happy again. So basically, it's like two dates in a row. I thought I thought today I was going to be able to chill, maybe play some FIFA, like she was going to be happy because of the date yesterday. But actually, now I have to figure out how to bring her back. Just even, even to zero, even to square zero before the date. Yeah, so a net of zero. So she'll be happy with you again. How much of that did Adam listen to you, do you guys think? Zero percent? No, no, no. I listened to all of it. I've just heard it. I've literally heard it for the last two hours. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's begin. Okay. I'm excited about this episode. Right. It's a lot of info. This episode is going to be an absolute banger. But the thing about this episode is that- They're all bangers. Yeah. No, this is going to be a banger of bangers. another banger that we This is going to be people. a bangerang. <laughs> it's going to be a bangerang. Like my Rufio, boy Rufio. 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 Uh, the thing about this episode is that it's about the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. So obviously it's a massive monster <laughs> and the shirt's coming off. Yeah, babe, we're getting comfortable. We're getting No, shirt's the off already. I stink. Your shirt's already keep off. Keep going, please. Okay. The search for extraterrestrial intelligence, it's just a giant subject, right? It's literally so giant. It's as big as the cosmos, <laughs> you know, it's fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. big subject. So we're trying to try to keep this below an hour and it's, there's just so much to talk about. Yeah. Basically, we don't want to split the podcast up, so this might be a long one. Yeah. Okay, so what is search for extraterrestrial intelligence? What's like a brief history of it? The term which we'll use a lot is SETI. So that's short. for search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Scientific investigation for SETI began with Nikola Tesla's early experiments with radio in the late 1890s through today's billionaire-funded research, which we'll get to later. Noah, can you brief... Give a brief history of SETI in 45 seconds. Absolutely. Do it faster than that. Adam, can you give us a brief history of SETI in 45 seconds? Absolutely. Sure. So 50 years ago, we weren't really listening to radio waves like we were now. We do it faster and better. Uh, or calculating the probability of exoplanets or looking at spectrum analysis. We were launching chunks of metal into space. That was basically our best idea. And SETI started before this these Pioneer probes started in, like, the early 1960s with Frank Drink's first experiments uh, in the Green Bank in West Virginia. But these Pioneer probes are really, like, the first um, big, big um, attempt by NASA to establish communication with intelligent life. So, Pioneer 10 and Pioneer 11 in 1972, chiefly created by Frank Drank and his boy, Carl Sagan... Containing a bronze illustration of a man and a woman and various symbols, including a map of our solar address and an arrow. Uh, The man in the picture is waving. The woman is scowling. Possibly stupid to send our coordinates out. Just saying. Yep. Both have sent their last transmissions to NASA and are well beyond the solar system. They're twice the length of the solar system now away. But they're not communicating anymore. They're too far. Okay. And Adam, what, what you're saying is that, so we're basically, we're trying to get in contact. We're sending shit out there to try and get in contact. 50 years ago, we weren't doing anything very sophisticated. We were literally sending sending out a picture of a man and a woman. That was just 50 years ago. So what I'm trying to say is that SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, it just hasn't been going on for that long at all, really. Right. Like when astronomers at universities, like this isn't their primary job is to look for extraterrestrial intelligence. That's why there just hasn't been too much going on. Yeah. Good. Good. Good, good, good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, other I, things are- I like are, that. Hey. Uh, we, we, we need to move on from radio waves currently, and we're doing stuff with light and with artifacts also, like looking for mining and asteroids or looking at ultra-light- ultra Ultraviolet light well, or, or yeah, infrared or things that we can't recent, even see with a naked eye. We're going get into the recent scientific developments. That was just a brief history of study. Absolutely. So I just want to talk about this bronze plaque that we used to send out for a little bit. It is just really funny. Like, it has our solar system at the bottom. And then, you know, it has an arrow pointing at Earth. They're like, that's us. And it has a man and a woman. The man is waving. And... We're just hoping that an alien's going to take this and be like, oh, shit, there's a nice man and woman there. An alien's going to uh, take nice this and little be like, planet. that's a great place to send a missile to. <laughs> yeah, that's a great place. <laughs> like, Thank you. can't wait that's for all awesome that sweet, sweet, sweet water. Hey, Adam, moving yeah. on. Drake equation. Sure. Next topic. Okay. Yeah. In 1961, Frank Drake tried to calculate the odds of finding an advanced civilization. Okay. This is known as the Drake equation. Okay. I had a really good joke in the intro, but I forgot it. Adam, Adam how was this equation to start off and how has it changed over the years? Wow, this is just going to be the Adam show right now. I'm just going to fucking take this. Wait, you you turned your shirt like, off. Say, the Drake, the Frank Drake equation. Yeah, okay, it was also just trying to find Adam's wiener. Right? But it kept getting, it kept going to zero, and yeah, so now he changed right. it to try and to try and calculate the odds of finding an advanced civilization. Your shirt is off. Okay, your shirt is off, I'm and you're so lit. Go. Right, I'm ready now. to fucking go. I'm lit. Yeah, just I'm clear lit. out. I wish we could smoke weed and it was Friday, which sucks. Can you go with the Drake equation, please? Absolutely. Okay, what is the Drake equation? Who is Frank Drake? Frank Drake. Frank Drake. It was first populated by an astrophysicist of the same name in 1961 as a means of stirring up conversation at the first SETI meeting. It has since been adapted and mutated many, many, many times over. It's also used in a lot of classes because the numbers are relatively easy to understand. Um, It was something that when I was teaching high school, you'd show high school students because it's just so easy and so nice to see this nice probability number of all the civilizations in the galaxy. So that brings me to what is it used for? It's used to estimate the number of active and advanced extraterrestrial civilizations in our galaxy. In general, it's used to argue that in terms of probability, there should be many other forms of intelligent life in our galaxy. So it's it's constricted to our galaxy because you know our ba- galaxy has a hundred billion planets, it's big enough, right? You can't doing the entire cosmos, it just gets into absolutely wild ass, crazy ass numbers. So, what are the variables in the equation? What make up this equation? It takes seven variables like the length of time which civilizations release detectable signals into space, the fraction of planets that could support life that actually develop life at some point, and the fraction of planets with life that will actually go on to develop intelligent life. So, that's just three of the examples of the seven, but they're all kind of that simple. Um, Obviously, this equation is hotly debated. When he first made the equation, he was just making it to stir up conversation. He wasn't making it to be very scientific. Of course, people have gone back and edited it to make it an actual number that people can understand. We don't have a firm grasp on any of these numbers and how they change over time. Like For example, the variable r, which in the equation represents the number of stars formed per year, was originally 1 when he first made the equation in 1961, and is now 3 based on all the things we've learned. About exoplanets, which I'm hoping that Noah will actually say something useful yeah, no, I about. I have fire. Yeah. I have fire for for the more interesting stuff. Honestly. Yeah, I don't think you know? Drake equation study history, man. I have like finding the actual aliens, right? The I best thing the, on actually that, which is actually is interesting great. for everyone. The best thing you said so far is that the Drake equation was used to find Adam's penis. Which is zero. I know, which is actually the most accurate Drake equation they've ever had. So again, let me, let me tell the people the Drake equation, it's to calculate the odds of finding an advanced civilization out there and every year they make it better and better. The fraction of, not, to, okay, so some other variables before I was just, I was just jumped in there by an absolute monster. The fraction of life that develops intelligence represented as the variable F. Originally, Drake assumed that 100% of all life would develop intelligence. Of course, as you will get into, it's not, you're not right to assume that just because something is intelligent that they will envelop an advanced civilization. The right. main argument against this is that only one of Earth's 8.7 million species have built radio telescopes, right? It's not like fucking dolphins are sending signals out to Mars. Research on Mars that you know of. Speaking of that, yeah, I know of has also affected this number because if Mars developed life at some point, then obviously that number is immediately cut in half because they would have intelligent life that didn't. But depart. you mentioned Mars. We got a lot more about Mars coming up in okay. my sections, which are better than Adam's sections. Really. Yeah. You think so? Why do you think so? They're just more interesting, honestly, than the study history of Drake Equation. Wait, Drake Equation is amazing. It's it's to examine the probability that there probably is life in the universe. Yeah. Right. I think that that's so interesting. Why don't you like it? I, I, I think it's really interesting, but I think that something... I think, like, it seems so vague. Like, I think more interesting is the probability of Earth-like planets. Like, when you actually calculate that out, which we will do for the listeners... I think that's, it's much more, I can put my mind to it. Actually. Listen, listen, I haven't even gotten to the results of the equation. Okay. The original results that he postulated are, I mean, this is a crazy range. Somewhere between a thousand and a hundred million planets have civilizations in the galaxy. So a pretty big range in 2016, he changed the question to ask, are we the only technological species that has ever risen with the result that the earth would be unique only if the odds of civilization depending on. On a developing planet are about one in ten billion trillion. So I don't even like that number is just so right. incredibly and, high. And honestly, when we get to probability of Earth like planets, it's just a much better thing to focus on. Here's the man himself, just to wrap it up. One in 10 billion trillion is incredibly small, says Frank. To me, this implies that other intelligent, technology-producing species very likely have evolved before us. Think of it this way. Before our result, you'd be considered a pessimist if you imagine the probability of evolving a civilization or a habitable planet were, say, one in a trillion. But even that guess, one chance in a trillion, implies that what has happened here on Earth with humanity has, in fact, happened about 10 billion other times over cosmic history. Okay, so he's a big believer yeah so he's a big what he's trying to say is that it has to basically have happened somewhere in the whole history of the cosmos this happened whether or not it's happening at somewhere we can contact and at this point in time is debatable okay so based on the size of the universe and the amount of time that has happened galaxy this is this is confined to our galaxy based on the the time of the galaxy the, the amount of time the galaxy has been around and also the size of the galaxy it has to there has to be life that's what he's saying Yes, there has to be life. And this okay. gets really well into the Fermi paradox. So, yeah, okay. So what's the that, Fermi paradox? It so actually. Based off the Drake equation, if you're a bit of an optimist or even like a realist, you could assume that there is or has been intelligent civilizations on other planets somewhere in the cosmos. So, Noah, if this is true, why haven't we heard anything from them yet? Why haven't we seen radio waves? Why haven't we seen light photons or like alien trash or some shit? Or massive spaceships like crash landing in Nevada or whatever the fuck? The Fermi Paradox argues that since our galaxy is traversable relatively quickly, a million light years, if there are other intelligent life we should have heard by now. So Noah, what do you think? Do you agree or disagree? And why haven't we heard anything? And also, why haven't I heard anything from you during this podcast? This is a meta kind of context. Okay, I love it. Okay, because yeah. I felt like you only started to get interesting towards the end. The, okay. the study history and Drake equation. Thank you for passing passing that to me. Um, so I just want to repeat real fast what you said about the Drake equation because it's important to go into the Fermi. Um, if you are a realist— if, if you are just a normal ass person that just looked at the numbers of enormous enormous you would you would see that um, Most likely there is life out there. Okay. Just a normal person would see that. Okay So the I think the the best proof for life being out there is just the probability is the probability of it happening Is the size and time of the universe. Okay, the the Fermi paradox. This is the best proof against this Okay, I'm a big believer in aliens but when when i when i think about the fermi paradox it it makes me question okay so the the so the reason we have not found aliens yet is known as this the fermi paradox it's basically why you know why the fuck have we not found them yet okay no no well yes pretty much you're pretty much right yeah okay just i'm gonna go on I'm my, my second bitch it pauses that we should at least be seeing some kind of sign of advanced life okay whether that be clippings from the mining of the asteroids or heat signatures from their interstellar travel, or something, right? We throw a shit ton of trash everywhere, right? And we're we're like in the Stone Age, okay? So we should be seeing something. This is a really good point. I'm a, again, I'm a big believer in aliens. I think this is a great point. I don't know really the best answer to this, but I do have a lot of good answers. There's okay, a lot. a right, lot. Right, and of I'm gonna go into this. them in my section, Fucking Adam. Fucking no, I'm going to fucking Is your go. shirt going to come back, gonna back on? take my boom, my mic stand. I'm going to beat you with it. <laughs> are the and pants coming off? I'm going to have my own podcast, which would be great. All right. So, so, so I'm gonna go. Are the pants going to come off at any point? <laughs> Don't do it. No, his pants are off. He's just in underwear. I'm in boxes. All right. So All right. anyway, these are known as... So the the main one is known as the Great Filter. Okay. And what this is, is that climate change or the use of resources that then changes the local environment kills the advanced civilization. Okay. So basically where, where we're at pretty much right now, we're going to go into civilizations a little bit later, but it's thought that with the proba- probability of there being aliens, okay, that it, the numbers are cut down exponentially because most civilizations will burn out their, their local resources and it will basically destroy their civilization. Okay, or, or, or they will destroy themselves, known as the Great Filter. They'll destroy. Okay, they'll destroy themselves. Yeah, imagine going into the filter, there's all the intelligent life that started. Coming right. out of the filter is everyone that's finally figured out how to not kill each other and how to use renewable resources. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. so not us currently. No, we are not there yet. We're going to get to this again. We are We are, We are. are not even a, what's called a type one civilization. Okay, right. So once again, yeah. you're trying to answer why haven't we heard from them. Exactly. And why haven't we heard from them, I believe, currently, is the best argument against there being aliens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. The uh, the other one, okay? They don't want to speak to morons. Okay, so basically when you when you take a well, actually b- actually better better in this example, okay? If you saw a Neanderthal, if you saw a group of Neanderthals in the woods, I'm looking at one right okay? now. With well, this yeah, shirt sure. off. Yeah, and you are. That's cuz I lift. Okay? So if you saw a bunch of Neanderthals in the woods, yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't want to go up to them, okay? Cuz it it could be dangerous. They 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 would probably kill you. Neanderthals. If they just saw a human. They probably kill you and eat you. You know, who, who knows, okay? Much more likely that you'd be like, I'm not gonna go up to these Neanderthals, but I really do wanna observe them, mm-hmm. right? I just wanna watch them go, we can probably learn from observing them, they're so primitive, it's interesting, mm-hmm. right? But you wouldn't really wanna go up to them. Yeah. Okay, that's probably what, so again, the universe cooled and formed at very different times, right? So some of these other civilizations could be millions, if not billions of years uh, ahead of us. So if you can imagine that, we're like hundreds of thousands of years ahead of Neanderthals, so for us, we we might look like ants to them. So they don't really want to interact with us because we're dangerous and just idiotic. They just want to observe us. This is this is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. This is this is, this is my favorite one. That they've actually they they are hiding their existence from us and they're observing because we're just like primitive and they they like to observe us much like we like. to That's kind of animals. the Star Trek one, right? It Where is it's the Star, like it, the Prime Meridian. Yeah, Prime not... Directive. My bad. What R- in Star Trek? Like what is it? you have to do to get into like the galactic uh, council yeah very good once you w- once you once you hit a uh a, a certain a certain speed of light then you then you get into the You mean once you reach the speed of light once you reach the speed of light and my my computer just turned off but it's, it's turning back on shit <laughs> that is so unbelievably like <laughs> don't worry about do 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 do. All yeah. right, we're back. Okay. Anyway, and we were flying too. Okay. Yeah. So basically, um, they don't want to speak to us, just like Star Trek. Once you hit the speed of light, they will speak to you. Okay. Whatever. Um, the other one, I don't love this one so much. We live in the sticks of the universe, and there are like cities out there. That's kind of cool to think about. That we live in like the, live the in rural the universe. Yeah, we're in like uh, Missouri of the universe. Yeah, we're we're in Iowa of the universe, basically. And there's a New York City out there, but like we're we're back in we're back in our Siberia. Yeah. Okay. We lost that one listener. Thanks for listening, in Iowa. Yeah. By the way, thanks for listening. We know you're listening. Thank you. Respect. Okay. Go, Hawkeyes. Other one. Our main method of extraterrestrial detection is still to look for radio waves, and we're just starting to look for infrared or heat waves. Okay. So these these civilizations that are so far advanced. They don't use radio waves and they don't they don't give off heat signatures like that anymore, so we can't see them. What do you mean? They don't give off any energy? They're not they so, don't have any so entropy? The second law of thermodynamic thermodina- so second law of physics, thermodynamics would yeah. say that that's impossible. Right? But we don't know. We don't again, we don't know we don't know. So it's it's hard to say. Does that hate, have to do with let me just say, waste I hate, and assistant? I hate this one. People people use people use this one. This is this is one that I don't like. This is one I don't like. So basically that they're such an efficient society that we wouldn't notice them. Yeah. Or they figured out some different way to live. There's or maybe I, I've read about it too, that they were, they're doing like a mind upload kind of thing. They're living so differently that we wouldn't see them much, li- much like, much like completely different entity much, with no much, trash. Yeah. Much like how, you know, if back in the end all day, we weren't giving off any signals. People probably just went right by us. Right. Okay. Um, it's not, it's not my favorite. Honestly, yeah. because if they were so advanced, they should be able to detect everyone. It doesn't Whoa. fucking matter. What are your, some of your favorites, then? Uh, my, my favorite one is the observing one. That that one seems the most realistic, honestly. That they think we're Neanderthals? That they think we're Neanderthals, and more so than they're scared of us, more so that they just want to observe us to learn more about themselves. Because we're a primitive culture. So they've labeled us as a primitive culture. So, so they're like, that's a primitive culture, and it's fun to observe them because it's interesting. I don't really like that one because we still may have noticed like their... They're a trash. They're a waste. Their signals or their mining activities that they wouldn't have wanted us not, to see. Not if not if they. Well, th- thank you for the end. Not if they actively didn't want us to see them. And in a civilization that advanced that was like we don't we actively don't want you to see it. Mm-hmm. They could have. They could cover it. Okay. Um, okay. The other one, our radio waves have not reached them. Okay. So just the Milky Way is 110,000 light years in diameter. And our radio broadcasts have gone 200 light years or only 0.18 percent of the milky way yeah okay so order or so basically our our waves have gone nothing so basically to to go the whole milky way for our radio waves to go to go the uh the entire milky way we still have 500 years okay right but i also don't love that one because in that one they're listening to our signal right but in reality, if they're a more advanced civilization, they'd have a much bigger footprint than we would. So it would be us listening to them. Right? And also, because they're probably a way older civilization, because the age of our sun and the age of our Earth is relatively young, they're probably much older than us, we would be getting a lot more signals from them than they would be getting from us. Because we've only had radio waves for 100 years. Right. So what you're saying is that, yeah, but but kind of fr stuff, we should be getting back from them. We should be hearing from them. Right, like more who cares likely. about what... So I totally agree with that. That's the thing that I think is was hard for me initially to wrap my mind around. Mm-hmm. Like who cares what we give out or like what we have looked at. They're the ones we should be seeing some stuff from them. Like think about it's so hard to cover your tracks and if there is such an advanced civilization as again we'll get into later, it should be unbelievably difficult for them to cover up everything. They should be mining suns. They, they should be mining planets, mining asteroids. Why are we not seeing anything from this? Yeah, I think it's a really, really good point against. I again, just, I a just have over. a few, a few extra ones that you didn't say, or you might touch on a little bit. How about the rare earth hypothesis that it might have taken a crazy combination of biological and geological events to make this crazy thing called an intelligent civilization happen? I hate that one. You hate that one? Why? I hate that one because because the probability. As you'll see later, the probability of Earth-like planets is very high. So it's, it's – I don't know if that's Right, true. but not just Earth-like planets. I also mean like the Jupiter protecting us in its orbit and stuff right. like that. Right, but even if you said that one in a billion. But also, you know, like the explosion of biological life during the Cambrian period, there's also – Right, there's stuff like that. An unbelievable amount of like jigsaw puzzles that fit together perfectly. So that's what that's all about. Um, let's see. Oh, Fear. Uh, this is a newer one that someone wrote a paper about the, the um, yeah. What's what's the Stephen Hawking's thing called? We're going to talk about, it's just like Breakthrough Listen. This is about Breakthrough Listen. Stephen Hawking was postulating that maybe they don't want to contact us because we are considered dangerous. That when you're at this kind of nuclear volatile stage that we're at right now, other advanced societies are just going to consider us as like very dangerous and just stay away, like a caution zone. Can you imagine if it was like the Donald, who was the first president to for the aliens to meet? Like they 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 came and it was like <laughs> it was the Donald awful. that the That'd Donald had to meet them. No, that's not what we want. That's not what we want a representative to be. Hey, um, another mm-hmm. gripe. I told you to plug my laptop in before this. You did not plug it in. Okay, keep going. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah not plugged. Yeah. No, it's not. I don't care though. Keep going. We got. How's it matter. doing? We're good. How's the laptop doing? Uh, you know what? It's fine. It doesn't like you very much, but that's fine. Okay. Okay. I don't like yours i don't i don't i don't no, like it's your, totally fine even if there's a one in a billion chance for life to actually have formed there's simply fucking life everywhere and just 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 to give people a like what what does a billion look like okay mm-hmm. if you counted if you just started counting okay to a billion it would take you 95 years to count to a billion that's how that's how big a billion is but i don't think that these disprove that the probability of life is still very high but there's a difference between the probability of life happening And the probability of life happening somewhere in some time along the giant scale of the cosmos, which is billions of years. 13.7 billion years since the Big Bang, right? So it could have happened anywhere along that time scale at different points in space. So that's another one, is that we're not on the same timeline. We're not on the same timeline. We're not in the same place. And actually, when you think about when we get into Mars and stuff, Mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe there's a civilization on Mars before us. But if you... I mean, if you're listening to what I was saying during the Drake equation, instead of taking your pants off, I your shirt you off. If you plug my laptop in, I'd be able to focus more. Even in our galaxy, since these civilizations have a really high probability of being much older than us, we should have been hearing their radio waves already. Yeah, no, I, I agree that I agree that it's it, it's um it's perplexing. Yeah, it's quite perplexing. Okay, um, we're gonna move on. All right, where would life be in our solar system? Okay, so although the universe seems really, really quiet, and although the chances for intelligent life in our solar system are probably low because we would have detected something, something, there are actually a surprising, a very, very surprising amount of chances for life in our very own backyard. Okay, so Adam, once you're done plugging in my laptop, where could we possibly find life in our own backyard in our solar system? There's a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go quick on this one, and then I'll let you take it over because I know you have a lot to say. And I'm hoping because your, your use rate is pretty low right now, and you've been kind of putting up bricks during this episode. That's not true. So Actually, i really my love fir- you my, to my, hit My, my farming paradox is really good. I like that you unplugged my laptop to make, to make me do worse. <laughs> uh, Mars, nice. Jupiter, and Saturn's moons, Europa, Enceladus, Insul- and Titan. Titan's not Saturn's moon, is it? Titan, Saturn's, Saturn's moon, yeah. Saturn's moon. Again, uh, yeah, okay. Just to Bells, focus on Tattles. Titan. <laughs> let's get through your section. <laughs> Just to focus on Titan, I'll let like the NASA website kind of take over here. Titan has clouds, rain, rivers, lakes, and seas of liquid hydrocarbons like methane and ethane. The largest seas are hundreds of feet deep, hundreds of miles wide. Beneath Titan's thick crust of water, ice is more liquid, an ocean primarily of water, than methane. Titan's subsurface water could be a place to harbor life as we know it. Crazy enough, so Titan's atmosphere is so legit that you can walk on it without a spacesuit right now, even though it'd be very cold. Noah, over to you. I didn't know that. That's that's, that's cool. Okay, glad, glad you passed it. So I think that the one the the cra- the craziest thing that uh, that you'll find in, in in our solar system is just how much water there is everywhere. Okay, so at once it was thought you know that the Earth is the only one that has water. There's water freaking everywhere, just in our own solar system. Okay, very uh, teensy tinsy part. Of the universe, um, so I'm gonna start just with Mars and Venus. Okay, so so they were thought to actually have liquid water before their magnetic magnetic fields disappeared. Um, the magnetic field protects them from the sun. Good job. Plug my laptop in. Okay, that's why they look so burnt right now. Okay, so Mars and even Mars and Venus look super burnt. They used to have liquid water. You can see that from the scarring. Okay, of both of their surfaces. Um, okay, Jupiter's moons. All right, we're gonna we're gonna start with uh, Ganymede okay mm. the, yeah ganymede i've heard of that one Yep. the largest moon in the solar system is the only one to have a significant magnetic field protecting the planet from harmful radiation ganymede produces the only auroras like the northern lights in the solar system it is estimated that under the crust yeah. ganymede might contain four times more water than earth so again the, the crazy thing okay <laughs> about our solar about the solar system is just how much water there is in our own backyard adam do you not find that amazing that literally in our solar system, there's water everywhere. What's the evidence for there being water besides the magnet? I just field? read one. Besides the magnet field, the auroras. What's the the northern lights? It's lights playing across ice. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna. Move how do here. they see the lights? Out in spectrometer? Oh, oh my fucking god! Yeah, no, no, a, a telescope that went by it or a, a space. So probe. because there's northern lights, they're assuming that there's there's also, ice. there's also more. And I wish you know, we I wish we probably should have just done an episode just on Jupiter's moons. We can, but probably. I gotta move on. We can, go, we can come back to it, okay? Shirt off, pants off, pants sweating off. profusely. Okay, and now I'm going. Okay, yeah. Jupiter's moons. Okay, this is this is the most exciting one, okay? Europa, okay? Europa is crisscrossed by cracks and rectangular features that look like icebergs, okay? It's thought that underneath those cracks lies a vast ocean that contains two times as much water as on Earth. In 2014 and 2016, the Hubble Space Telescope found water vapor plumes shooting out of the poles, all this ice there's all this okay. ice and okay. water but in you your... asked for evidence okay yeah. 2014 2016 hubble space telescope found water vapor actually shooting out of the sides of, of the of the poles of this okay just to and just take a take a little step back when scientists are looking for life yeah okay a couple things that they look for okay they look for a rocky planet they look for they look for a planet that's the size of that's similar to the size of earth mm-hmm. okay and most of all they look for some signs of water Okay Yeah. So said that before of course Okay so that's why we're talking about water here Because it's a building block of life And you're talking about water that's It's not like it's above the ice It's trapped underneath the surface of ice Exactly so there is actually a crust Imagine I guess like Imagine like the South Pole Covering the entire thing Yeah And underneath the South Pole Underneath those glaciers There's water Is liquid water So like you go underneath the glaciers And there's just a huge water society Like water as we know it Water, water Water, water yeah, so we go under there. There's a huge water society, okay? Um, mm-hmm. a water society? Because of the shooting out of the poles. He, uh, so heating by tidal forces of Jupiter keeps most of these oceans liquid, okay? So because of Jupiter, there is liquid water on Europa, okay? Mm-hmm. This makes it the most likely candidate to find life in the solar system. Okay? In Europa. Okay, it's actually—yeah, it's yeah, scientists feel that it is, uh, it's is so, just the best chance for them or so likely— that the Europa Clipper is a, NASA, is a future NASA mission to conduct further detailed study of this moon and will commence sometime in the 2020s. Okay, so I'm pumped for that mission to, to, to get some more shit and come back. We've sent a lot of satellites past Jupiter, like the Voyager satellites went past Jupiter as well as the Pioneer past satellites. Europe. Yeah, past Jupiter and Europa. And Europa, right. How many moons does Jupiter have? Just one of its many moons. So yeah, so so they, we, we've sent a lot of stuff past Europa. Mm-hmm. But we've ne- we haven't sent something back to, like, really do an in-depth study of just Europa. You look like you're in a spaceship right now. You have a sweaty brow Sweet and you have brow. no shirt or pants. Yeah. You look like you're just sitting in like a meteor alien. A meteor shower. I look like an alien. That's yeah. That's because—but I'm, I'm pumped about Europa. Do you not—how do you not feel about that, about I'm, Europa? I'm pumped up about it. Adam, wait, wait. I just want to make sure you understand. Yeah. Okay? No, that's important. Do, do you get how much water there is? Can I ask the- you one question oh about Europa? God. Yeah. What what's up with the jet streams? Like, how do they know what, that they're the, jet? The vapor what does streams? that mean? There's like geysers coming out. There's there's water vapor coming out of the planet, so they know what there's there's liquid water. Like, okay, there so if you're on vapor. if you're on the planet, is it just like a cloud of mist? Like you're at a waterfall. We have we haven't been on Europa. Yeah, but what 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 they think? No, I know, but hy- <laughs> hypothetically, what does it look like? It is a it like like I explained before. Okay, it looks like the South Pole across the whole thing with liquid water. I know already. that. But what do the jet streams look like? Damn it! What the jet streams? I'm Not sure. They're water plumes coming out of the side. Paper Jesus plumes. Christ! It's a good question. I'm just like I'm just telling you what what the what the what the, what the Hubble Space Telescope found. No, I know. The scientists uh-huh. are also if you watch the video. I watch a lot of videos of the Europa Clipper. Yeah, I like that you and Europa. You're kind of defending Europa like you're. It's you're it's, shitting on you, uh, but, I'm but not I just I just don't even know if you truly understand. Yeah. How much potential there is for life just here in our very solar system. Even if, even if we don't find any life, there's a lot of building blocks of life right here. So I do. No, oh my God, I God. do. It's he, amazing. I'm just looking at this kind, of sweaty, you, just this kind of sweaty, kind of sweaty monkey sitting across the room. like, <laughs> it's just a monkey in a spaceship. You're like the monkey in the spaceship with that kind of intelligence. Saturn's moons, okay? We're going to go to Saturn's moons. Let's do it. in, in Clades. Enceladus. <laughs> in Enceladus. In That's it. The Cassini spacecraft found the moon pumping plumes of water vapor. Again, plume plumes, more out. plumes. What are these plumes look like? Are they Puffing geysers? Are vapor they like out mist? With fissures in its crust. This the proof also. De- Wait, did- why why do they go up in plumes? Is it like volcanic activity? Like what's going on there? Because like Earth doesn't shoot plumes. No, but like I no, that's what no? I'm saying. Earth I I don't know. I don't know I don't know why there's plumes. I don't what's a plume? It's a very mis a feather? all the all this shit's very They don't know why there's why this plume should plume. Out. I think it's a plume. huge octopus that yeah. is just outgassing or a huge whale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what if that's actually true? That there's literally like a mile long organism well, that's can, shooting water. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine this? What? We we, we land on Europa. Yeah. We drill under the ice. Right. Okay. And all of a sudden, right. boom. Just like there's just sea creatures. Yeah. How and tight would that be? And then we make a society of the sea creatures. And then who is in charge? Who is in charge now? Then we own Europa. Then we fucking take the sea creatures. Well, then we use the sea creatures. And we eat them. And we make special money. dishes. We use the sea creatures to get the money. Yeah. Okay, we enslave them. We use them to get the money. Power. Then we get the power. And Then, then we, we get all the women, we get, we get the women on Earth. Then we get all the women on Earth. And on Europa. And on Europa. Keep going. Um, Saturn's and, so okay. Saturn's means. Yeah. And Okay. It I found the moon puffing pools of water vapor out through fissures in this crust. Also detected a form of chemical energy which could be consumed as food by alien life there. Okay, this is the biggest thing for this one. There's actually chemical energy that can be consumed by alien, alien life. As the NASA scientist put it, this is the closest we've come so far to identifying a place with some of the ingredients needed for a habitable environment, said Thomas Zerbertschen. Zerbertschen, Associate Administrator from NASA Science Mission and Directorate. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, shout out to Thomas. Thanks for listening, hey, man. Hey, hey. Best associate administrator. We know you're. We know you're listening, Thomas. Someday, yeah, yeah. Thomas, you'll drop that. You're gonna drop that modifier. If you're lucky, we'll invite you on the podcast. Okay. So, so the the other one, other Saturn's moon, Titan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Big one that you said you just kind of just didn't do it right. The largest moon of Saturn is also mm. the only other other world known other than Earth known to have active rivers, lakes, and seas. Yes, but it's not water. These seas are not composed of water. However, yeah, they are filled with methane, ethane, and other hydrocarbons. Of all the known chemical compounds, roughly half are based on carbon, okay? So carbon bonds to everything. So it's a very, very good building block for life, okay? As you know, if you've done organic chemistry, which I I shied away from. So I chose my major not to do it, okay? Mm -hmm. If species existed, there they would be exotic and unlike anything seen on Earth because of the different composition of the oceans. Boom! Wow. Not even a breath while you're speaking. Exhausted. Yeah. No, you did so good I turned your volume up just a little bit just for you. Alright, I'm sure people will like turning it up and down in their cars or in their heads. Alright, so what do you think? What's your favorite one of the moons? Just to wrap okay. it up. So um my my favorite is Europa. Because? Because I can imagine imagine us getting through the ice and they're just being creatures. That's probably a little too much. Uh, I can but I I can imagine there being like a little bacteria. I I really like Europa that it has so much water and it has the lights, but I don't like a plume, and I feel like we need an assistant administrator to figure out what the plume is. If only we knew one, Thomas. Thomas, Thomas. Are you listening? Um, yeah, Thomas is listening. Um, so okay, okay. So I think it's fair to say that Titan has an Earth-like atmosphere in regards to its nitrogen makeup and sort of like the presence of water. Can you talk about the newest sort of science that you're super hot on that you know a lot about about exoplanets? Like, what are they, and why are they important? Okay, thank you very much. So I need the people to to stay with me for this one. Okay, I'm staying. We're. It's we're gonna here. be a little bit of a woozy aswazi well, because it's numbers. I just want you to do one thing. I just want you to take a breath and just just slow down a little bit because you are jacked up on the it's ice chai. A, it's, it's hard. You have no shirt on. Take a breath. There's no pants. When I have ice chai and, and when I have sweat. no pants on. Yeah. And when I'm sweating this profusely, it know, is hard take a for breath. me to take a breath and just go through it slowly. I'm getting nervous. I think nervous is good because it'll keep you on edge. Okay. Okay. So, so anyway, prob- so this section is the probability of Earth-like planets. Okay. This is my favorite. This is my favorite proof. Okay. For aliens. Mm-hmm. Adam likes the Drake equation, which is the stupid version of this. All cool. right. So, so, so basically we're going to take not it from the same thing. We're going to take it from the top. Okay. Again, best evidence for life in the universe. Universe. Namely, the sheer frequency of Earth-like planets throughout the universe, okay? How in the world could there not be life? And now, please listen closely, okay? Clap your hands Shut up. (laughs) I'm going to fucking kill you, okay? We are just going to take the stats for the Milky Way galaxy, okay? If you blow it up any further than the Milky Way, the numbers become insane and and really unfollowable. Unfollowable. Just like that. But just know that there are an estimated 100 billion galaxies in the universe, so, the, so the frequency is even more when times by that number. Okay? We're just doing our galaxy now. Forget that. We're okay. just doing our galaxy, okay? In our galaxy, yeah, there are a hundred billion stars. Okay, seven yeah. percent of them mm-hmm. are what are called G-like stars. Okay, okay. G spot, I mean G-like stars are basically not too hot. <laughs> take the took the easy joke right there. Good job. That's good such for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G-like stars are basically we're not, so much better than yeah, that. Yeah, we're better than that. That was stupid. Mm-hmm. G-like stars are basically not too hot and not too cold and are considered the best stars for life. Okay? Yeah. Just just there's a lot more G-like stars. Just take that sentence. Best stars for life. Okay? Mm-hmm. G-like, good look good for life stars. Yeah. Okay. Again, seven seven percent of stars are these stars. So 7% of 100 billion is, Adam, test your paying attention and your math skills. Yeah. 7% of 100 billion? Yeah. 7 billion? Okay. Good job, Adam. There are 7 billion G-like stars or good stars for life in our galaxy. Okay. Okay. In our galaxy, 7 billion G-like stars. Okay. Now, out of that 7 billion, stay with me, people. Yeah. So this is- Oh, my God. This is in the Drake equation. I have blue ball. I have blue. Keep going. I yeah. have blue stat. No, don't, don't be blue stat. Don't blue stat me. I'm I'm gonna continue. Okay. <laughs> You're so naked right now. I am. Okay. Now, now, out of that seven billion, okay, according to a study done at Cornell University, I heard by, of it. But yeah, by Daniel Su, one one in assistant f- administrator, assistant administrator. Then Daniel, Danley, thanks for listening. By the way, one in five of those stars has a planet roughly roughly the size of Earth. In a, ha- in a habitable zone orbiting around the sun. And now I'm going to say it again. Out of the 7 billion, one in five of those stars has a planet roughly the size of Earth in a habitable zone orbiting around the sun. Okay? Right. So 7 billion divided by five is one billion four hundred million. Okay? Uh-huh. Or potentially, there are 1,400,000,000 Earth-like planets out there with some kind of basic potential for life in the Milky Way galaxy. Yep. And again, so there are one billion four hundred million. Planets out there with the basic building blocks for life okay. in our galaxy. So that variable that you just said, planets with the basic building blocks for life, like mm-hmm. how many there are, that's a variable, one of the seven in Drake's equation, just so you know. Yeah, but keep going. Okay. However, the study the study that Daniel Su did wasn't until recently. So Sick. You can suck my Drake. Mm-hmm. Suck my Drake equation. Drake, thanks for listening. Um, Both Drake's. So, uh, so just, to, just, just to blow it up to the to the entire to the entire universe, um, if you t- if you times this by hundred billion galaxies in the in the universe, you would have a number either around a quadrillion or a quintillion potentially Earth-like planets. Why is it either of them? I tried for twenty minutes to find hundred hundred billion hundred billion times like a times a billion, and I couldn't find the number. So it's a quintillion or a quadrillion potential Earth-like planets in the universe. Okay. So you think that that's a ton of Earth-like planets, right? Okay. So then it, then we can go in circles and go back to the Fermi Paradox about why haven't we seen one. Okay. Th- I'm glad that you brought it back there. Okay? Yeah. Be- because, so let's think about our galaxy again, because numbers are comprehended. There's a bil- basically a billion and a half Earth-like planets in our galaxy. They're, they're <laughs> unbelievably numerous. They're everywhere. There's even tons of water in our solar system. So where the hell are the aliens? Yeah. Where are the aliens? Where are they at? Where are they at? Fermi Paradox. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, good. I'm glad we're driving this home because I think that I hit my mic now. So, it, it the Fermi paradox I think is it's very good. It's a very good refute. It is because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What I don't these two things that we have this this um high probability of life and and not seeing any signs of it they can't exist together. Okay. So there's there's something there's something we are not understanding. Yeah. There's something clear we're not, we're not understanding. Okay. So speaking of things we don't understand, do you want to talk about um, advanced civilization classifications?
1: Uh, yeah. I want
0: you to do the correct intro for it. But then once you do that, I'll be happy to. Sure. It's Actually, not... it's my intro. <laughs> there he is. <clears throat> of course, we don't know exactly what form. Okay. Advanced civilization classification. Of course, we don't know exactly what form other civilizations will take. Okay? But there are laws of energy and physics of our universe that almost surely will remain consistent. And this lets us predict certain things about very advanced civilizations. Okay? Adam, take us to advanced civilizations. Or, pass yeah. effect, or so just pass it to me. We're talking about this because not all intelligent life becomes an advanced civilization and not even all civilizations will become advanced enough to even send radio waves. I mean, it's funny that we even think of ourselves as advanced civilization when an advanced civilization might be a completely different beast. If you just want to say, you just say it. Yeah. We're also talking about it because it will help you understand the, how this, uh, g- goes against the Fermi paradox goes against, because it, I mean. when, when we talk about it based on the laws of physics that we know, which are immutable, basically they don't, they don't change. In, in, in the universe as we know it Then we should be seeing signs of these other civilizations So it's important to understand this Based on the shared laws of the universe Based on the shared laws of the universe, okay What we assume are shared laws will we Yeah, what we assume are shared laws all Right. Um, okay, so historians have discovered that When you open a door in technology It usually closes some other things So you can think of technology as like a many branch tree Like an RPG character With all the branches of like the things that they can do The abilities and the potions that they can make to get to radio waves, we had to take a specific pathway and we had to close other doors, whereas another civilization might be incredibly advanced at health and medicine, like maybe they have some sort of leaf that cures cancer, but they're still driving carriages. So it's hard to pinpoint what is exactly advanced and what is not advanced. What do we consider to be advanced? Do we okay. consider ourselves to be advanced? Noah? Okay. Hey, wait, before you just no, pop I'm off. This, I have great shit. Okay. Have great before shit you pop this. off, I just want to say something. Okay shirt sure is off. Your pants—I'm paying. Pants are off. You're sweating profusely from the face. You're basically yelling Cause into I'm your excited, microphone because I'm, I'm very excited about this episode, and I, and I think that I think that that I want to give the some people some the knowledge that that I have come to from literally we did hours and hours of research. Okay, you are a fired up little a tomato, a little muffin. Okay, all right, okay. So go I just want to—I want to give credit for for this this classification and everything to Michi, Michio Kaku. Okay, he's a theor ther- um, Professor of Theoretical Physics, Doctor of of Theoretical Physics at the City University of New York, okay? So he nicely put this together. If you want to read an amazing book about space, read The Future of Humanity, okay? Michio, thanks for listening. Okay, so um, first, Russian Russian astronomer Nikolai Kardashev introduced a scale to rank civilizations based on their energy consumption, okay? Of course, these civilizations would have different cultures, politics, but their energy consumption would remain consistent, okay? Stay with me here. Okay. There are three types of civilizations calculated based on energy use. It's important to understand this again so you understand the Fermi paradox. Okay. Okay. Type one civilizations uses all the energy of the sunlight that falls on the planet. Okay. This is not to say that that they use the sun's energy necessarily, but they consume energy equal to the amount of sunlight falling per foot of the planet. Okay. So that's what it takes to become a type one civilization. We are, okay, a 0.7 type civilization. We're not even type 1. We are not even on type 1, which is a very important distinction, okay? Very important distinction, okay? Because the transition from type 0 to type 1 is considered the most dangerous, as we discussed earlier with the great filter. No oh, shit. Why? Okay? what else going to happen? Good good question, Adam. We discussed earlier with the great filter in the, in the Fermi paradox section civilizations that are not a type one are the most dangerous uncivilized, both technically and socially, but have the power to wipe themselves out. Okay. So right where we are is the most dangerous. Okay. And they still have scars from all the recent past. Okay. Think about the genocides we've had, Thinking about the world wars we've had. Yep. Thinking yep. about slavery. Okay. All the horrible shit mm-hmm. that basically it just happened. Having to go to Hebrew school. H- having to go to Hebrew school or synagogue on Sundays. Just so boring. So boring. So anyway, that that shit literally just happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a uh, positive thing: globalism or the rise of a global culture and a global trade is the hallmark of a Type One civilization. So oh, we, wow. so we can see us switching wait we can see us switching to that some of us we can see some of us switching to that okay and that's yeah. penetrating society now so, I I, so. I, this shit is super interesting again read michio's book to get like really great understanding of this okay i'm just gonna give you a high level okay so the biggest interest to us now you guys know them: global warming okay ever heard of it ever heard of it ever heard of it bioterrorism ever heard of it nuclear, nuclear proliferation okay are three threats to a type zero becoming a type one Okay, we're in the most sensitive stage. Okay, this is it. This is probably the stage where most societies don't make it. Okay, to become a type one and make it to, to become a type one and make it to actually type two, we need to make a fuel source switch away from fossil fuels, possibly uranium or nuclear power. Okay? How about how about alternative energy like wind? Right, similar. or or alternative energy, but I mean, but hydro to 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 generate a massive amount of energy, you know, uranium or nuclear power. We, I think we should we should do a separate episode on on nuclear power, which is very we misunderstood. definitely will we very misunderstood, very misunderstood. Actually, very actually safe and actually very good. Okay, we'll debate that. Yeah, that's, okay. it's debate it's debatable, but definitely it's not that debatable. <clears throat> but yeah, okay. A type two civilization uses all the en- okay. We're gonna move on to type two. Sorry, we're gonna move on to type two now. A type two civilization uses all the energy that its sun produces, not just falls on the planet. Okay, so that's mm. how it's characterized. Okay, right. Any society in this stage should be easy to find, as they are likely immortal. Okay. What? What the hell? Yeah, just just let me give it to you. Okay. What we mean by that is that there's they basically they have you know no sickness can wipe can wipe them out. Corona would be a joke for them, right? No sickness can wipe them out. They moved away from fossil fuels, so they don't have climate. They don't have the climate change issue anymore. Be like the bubonic plague. They can move their planet if their sun starts to starts to decay and die. They can block asteroids. They can actually leave their planet in large space armadas if they need to, okay? Jesus. Yeah, type two is fucking legit. So type one to type two point... is a big jump. Yeah, so so type one to two is a huge jump, okay? Actually, interestingly enough, when you calculate when you when what's his name when you when you estimate the energy used, it's exponential increases of ten. So it actually like works out mathematically. Um. So a type 2 civiliz- civilization, we're going to, and remember this term. terms, so we're going to get back to it at the end of the episode. They would have what's called a Dyson sphere to harness the sun's energy directly. Okay. Again, this civilization needs to harness all the energy that their sun produces. Okay. Because the sun is 109 times bigger than the earth. Okay. Oh, I should explain what a Dyson sphere is. Okay. So a Dyson sphere is a megastructure, Okay. Yeah. That's built around the sun. So imagine our sun. Imagine building a huge structure around it to take all of that energy and to harness all the energy. Okay. Well, how is it different than already harnessing the energy like we do right now? Okay. Great question. Okay. Right now, right now, we to harness the sun's energy, right, we have solar panels. Now, whenever you say great question and you don't say great question when I ask another question, I feel really self-conscious and I feel like my question wasn't good. Hmm. You know, maybe you should say hmm to all my questions. Hmm. You ever think about that? Yeah, I'm just going to – great question. Yeah, go ahead. Great question. Um, so anyway, okay. In order to build a – because the sun is 109 times bigger than the earth, in order to build – I know I'm going along – this is a long go one. Ahead. sorry. So Sorry. In order to build a sphere around around the sun, mm-hmm. we would you would need to have extreme leaps in nanotechnology, okay, which is basically to make the sphere around the sun molecules thick, okay? Because there actually – there isn't enough material on the earth to build something around the sun. Oh my God! Okay, P- so a big. type two, so you know that a type two civilization has leaps in nanotechnology. Well, that and also they have to get close to the sun. We can't get that much closer than we are right now. Right, I get burned when I just go to the beach. Right, I can't right. get any, any closer yeah, than Jewish, that. Jewish skin, honestly, yeah. just burns me. White boy skin, white boy Jewish. All right, so, um, li- so luckily they have self-replicating robot ro- robots that are used to build these structures. Okay, so that's what's thought is that in order to build this, they automatons. Have a- the, yeah, well, it actually it's called a neuro. I forget. Mm. But but these re, these robots actually they self-replicate. Okay. The biggest the biggest problem facing a Type Two civilization is the second law of physics, thermodynamics. Okay. Namely, their uh, namely their machines will be too hot to keep on the planet because they burn so much energy. Okay. In order to survive the second law, a Type Two civilization will have to dispense disperse its machinery to outer space or risk overheating. Okay, so they would have to move all their machines to outer space because they're using so much energy. Okay, SETI has been switching. This is why the Search for for Extraterrestrial Intelligence has been switching over to detecting infrared radiation because of this. Okay, there should be a huge heat signature from these civilizations. Okay, getting back to Fermi Paradox now. A type 2 civilization should have a huge heat signature. We're detecting nothing. Okay, where is it? Okay, then this is a type 2. Yeah, I'm going to go really fast. Wrap here. us up real quick. cause we're, okay. I'm, I I'm know sorry. we said I was going to okay. clap again and a type 2 civilization is going to come burn you and you're naked bodied right now. If a type sun. 2 civilization was like, Adam, we're going to take you with us, would you say yes or no? How could you say no? I would say no. You'd say no? You'd be like their test subject. Oh, I don't want to be a test subject. I want to be like a citizen. Oh, that'd be cool. Why would you assume that you're going to be a test subject? They're probably nice. Type t- Type Two means they've got. Don't it. you think it's like a sitcom? Other uh, civilization is like uh, the guy. I think it's Joey and Rachel. Yeah. And Ross. It's together. like friends, but it's like, like friends from Earth. Like, friends all cool from technology. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Once a, once a, okay. So we're gonna go through Type Three really fast. Okay. Type Three in my mind is Star Wars. Okay. Okay. It's how, a, yeah, it's a it galactic different? civilization. Oh. Okay. It's galactic. Okay. Once a type 2 civilization has harnessed all the power of its star and neighboring stars, it begins the journey to a type 3, which can harness the energy from billions of stars and even black holes. Okay. Assuming that the speed of light can't be broken, there's a lot of debate about this. Okay. Obviously, that was first posited by Einstein. This civilization will explore its Can't or can be broken? Both. There's thought thought that it can be. Who says that it can be? There's some shit. Right. Because all we know is that... Yeah, keep going. You know... If something increases in speed, right, its mass also increases until you get to the point where it's like a one-to-one ratio and you can't go faster than that. That's what makes that speed. Okay. Um, there's a lot, in, Michio, in Michio's book, there's a lot about this. There's a lot of debate on this right now. Okay. Okay. Does he use the paper and the pencil trick where you show the black holes okay. in space-time? <clears throat> space-time trick? Yeah. Fold, what do you fold? Paper. Paper. What do you Shove do you a pencil, pencil through it. Shove it in the Boom. middle. You have Boom. fabric and of space time. Now you have movie explained. Theory of relativity. Space time. <laughs> space time. time. Here we go. Paper. Fold it. Pencil. Stick through. Hit right. your hands together again. Okay. I told you. Talk to me like that again. I'll pee on you. All right. Wrap assuming, this up. Assuming that the speed of life can't be broken, this civilization will explore blah, blah, blah. uh And send robots which will land on moons and create factories to replicate themselves and spread and convert energy throughout the galaxy. Okay. Holy cow. Okay. Okay, this is the really—I'm going to stop with this. This is the really interesting point about this one, okay? Okay. So if you've just been, like, just just not paying attention, just pay attention to this, okay? This this civilization will be so spread out that the evolution and DNA will shift slightly from one part of the galaxy to the other in the human species, okay? So the possibility for us to be spread out so that we actually start to develop separate evolutionary trees. Oh, cool. Okay, so we're so spread out. Yeah. We are so spread out. Yeah. That we actually start to influence our DNA because of the breeding of just the people in those one areas. Yeah. Because we are a Galactic uh, civilization. Like a big island effect. Like a... Kind of thing. Yes. At a bigger scale. Yes. Yeah. Like an island effect. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, if we become a type 3 civilization, we will start to change our DNA because we will be so spread out. Damn. Okay. That's awesome. I, I do really want to hear more about this. Maybe we can do another episode about the types of civilizations. I like that your metaphor about it in type 3 being kind of a Star Wars kind of situation. Thank you. But it seems like there's a big jump from type 1 to type 2. We haven't even gotten to type yes. 1. Yeah. So, and again, the most the, the scariest one is type 0 to type 1, which we are, we're at the phase where we're at the great filter. Okay. It's I'm not sure if we can get past it. Just honestly. take me back. Home. How does this all have to do with the search for extraterrestrial life? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I think it's important to understand that there are immutable laws of physics in the uh-huh. universe, and that you that we can predict what these very advanced civilizations would look like based on the energy that they would need to consume for interstellar travel, travel or whatever. Based, yeah, and and based on that, it's even more befuddling, yeah. confusing, perplexing why we can't find any evidence of any advanced but civilization. Here's the thing the about massive amount of energy and heat given up. Think about the laws of physics. Is that yes. There's mute, It's shared between everyone who lives in the universe, probably. But the, our understanding of the laws of physics are so much less than in other societies might be. Like, they understand it so much better, which to us would just be magic. Yes. So it's basically like they're not shared. Yes. And can I, uh, just explain something to the people, te- how technology, technology advances, okay? Yeah. So, so there's like the bow and arrow and the gun analogy. Yeah. Which is that, you know, a lot of times what we do is that we're working on better bow and arrows. Right. Right. But then in order to make an actual leap in technology you have to take a step back. In order to make a leap in technology to get to a gun. Yeah. It's a very different scientific method than just trying to make your bow and arrow better you you have to just have someone say okay let's make something completely you have different. to say wait hey, we're not going to just try and make this bone arrow better we're this is something completely new we're going to podcast with our pants and shirts on and the off. only way the only way right now that we're able to make to make the gun is with particle accelerators. okay once again sorry that was great no sorry for the episode length we warned everyone we warned you we talked about the civilization let's move on a little bit i'm sorry i need to make you talk again Talk about things that are happening recently in the scientific and unscientific worlds. Let's start with the scientific developments that are happening very recently. So we've talked about exoplanets, the Drake equation, the Fermi paradox, advanced civilizations, all things that helped us discover intelligent life <laughs> in the past that we haven't discovered intelligent life. That's helped us try to figure out this quandary. So what have we been doing in modern times to find aliens? Okay, I think the most interesting one here, is, and, and the one that, that you're really good on actually, is is Breakthrough Listen. Okay, which is which is a very modern technology used to to try and find aliens, Adam. How has that exponentially increase our ability to find aliens? Nice you way to kick it. Yeah. Okay, so what is Breakthrough Listen? Breakthrough Listen was founded by Stephen Hawking and yeah, go take a break. Go take a yeah, Turkish I'm bath. You give the I'll give you the microphone in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah. Uh, breakthrough bath. Listen was founded by Stephen Hawking and Yuri Milner, headquartered at UC Berkeley, using mainly the radio telescope the Green Bank in Green Bank, West Virginia, of all places. Um, it has 100 million dollars in funding which is a ton from Yuri Milner. It will generate as much data in 1 day as previous SETI projects have done in an entire year. So once again, it will generate as much data in 1 day as previous SETI projects have done in a year, so which is just way just, way more we're going to we're going to we're going to search way more. Right. It's at tons, tons of more data. And you can see all this data. If you go to SETI at home online, you can see all of their data points from various points in the day. I opened one of the packages up. It's 15 gigabytes. It's pretty giant. But if you're familiar with the way data looks, it's just a massive, massive data dump. Um, and it's awesome. It's all available to the public. So if you want to make some apps on that, that'd be super cool. Maybe comb over it and do some, find some cool stuff in it. I don't know. Uh, radio surveys, these radio surveys that they're doing now covers 10 times more of the sky, five times more of the radio spectrum and work a hundred times faster than previous experiments. So as of this podcast, they being, they being breakthrough listen, which just had its five year anniversary because it started in 2015, picked up 11 unusual signals. And you can see all this data at SETI at home, you can look at the 11 signals that are strange that they needed to investigate further that, you know, hit the bounds of their algorithm and they, they singled out. And they're studying those signals. Maybe they're aliens. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. So that's the most exciting one because it has the most funding. It has some star power with Stephen Hawking, and it's doing pretty revolutionary stuff with how much we're listening. Um, I think that the Planetary Society, which is composed of Neil Tyson and Bill Nye and all those guys, no, No it's not. They They think we just basically need to listen longer and listen harder at this point. So that's what we're doing. Okay, and again, this is attacking the Fermi paradox, which is that we suck at listening. So we're getting better at listening. It Yeah, it's attacking a response to the Fermi paradox. And this is very, very recent. And it's a huge yeah. advanced technology. Because one of the reasons we might not have seen aliens is because we aren't listening long enough, hard enough. Yeah, we were, we're, we're, we're the right spectrum. We're looking at a cup of water. Now we're looking at an ocean of water. That's... That's what I needed from you. Yeah, that's that's what, what I that kind of people. shit yeah. is. I'm why you're the on the microphone? I am bringing to the I it to the people. Even this is like Michael Jordan's sick game. You're sweating, right? You know, sweating flu, but it doesn't matter because Jordan's matter. still gonna play, baby. And line and now cue me. Okay, there have been some in line. There have been some recent unscientific developments in the search for aliens. Okay, these are the ones that you guys are probably familiar with. Most namely, Bob Bob Lazar and Area 51 on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Um, the, or also the Navy pilot footage from commander Fravor, um, also on the Joe Rogan podcast. Okay. Um, but okay. And the, and the Dyson sphere incident, incident, which I would argue is a scientific development. And Adam made me put it in this section of the outline, which I don't agree with. Okay. But Adam, can you touch on, you touch on Bob Lazar and Navy pilots and I'm going to touch on the Dyson sphere incident. Yeah, I'm gonna start off really quick on these. I hate to end on the kind of unscientific developments, but we didn't really want to reorganize the outline because it's a bitch and a half, let me tell you. So, we're gonna not, we're gonna, this is gonna be the last section. Um, who's Bob Lazar? Bob Lazar claims to have worked at a secret government facility called S4 during the late 1980s. Um, He's come back strong because of a recent 2019 documentary called Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers. So, basically. He claims, so that, bad. he claims to have been doing work, I watched five minutes reverse minute, so. engineering flying saucers, and that the government erased his college degrees and work history to discredit him. He admits he has no evidence to prove he was working on alien technology. He's also a convicted criminal. Um, I mean, you can hear him on the Joe Rogan podcast. He, he sounds like he has a very detailed story, at least that he's been working on, and it sounds pretty plausible. But he does this thing where he kind of shuts down. And like has a headache and is just like needs like a minute and needs to drink water. It's it seems like it's all kind of for show. But I don't know. I mean you should listen to the episode. It's pretty wild. I think it's fucking some wild shit, honestly. I think it's stupid. Yeah. Straight up. Go ahead and hit the other ones. Uh do you want a neighbor pile one? No, not really. I know I, I don't love these that much I don't yeah. love so we're not huge fans of them honestly because the, there's just not so the Navy pilot one it, it's a Navy pilot that saw like because there isn't the, any there's footage that's there's why. footage and it's been it's been authenticated by the Pentagon that it was an unidentified flying object but it's literally just footage of an unidentified flying object that like we don't know what kind of technology would fly that way I don't know that it really feels like a leap to go from that to a UFO to an alien it really does yeah. to me okay um, okay so anyway. The, the Dyson Sphere one, I think, is, is, is cooler. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, we, we've already been going on for a long time. Do you want me to give it to the people? Go quick. Okay. Dyson Sphere incident. Okay. I'm right, talking about Dyson Sphere. Large alien megastructure around the sun. Okay. Astronomers watching exoplanets. An exoplanets, exoplanet is just a planet not in our solar system. Astronomers watching these exoplanets, the size of Jupiter, move in front of them. Just oh no, I can't. You know what? I can't. I can't do the whole story. Oh, okay. So let's just let, 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 oh, 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 let, let me give a summation. Let me give a summation. Okay. Okay. This the astronomers watching watching a, a sun saw it dim. It dim in a weird way. Okay. Then they predicted, they predicted that it, it kept d- dimming frequently. It looks like there's a sphere around it. It's not that, just any astronomers. It, it's breakthrough listen that came up with this data point. Okay. Yeah. It's real ass astronomers, including like postdoctoral people from Yale. I have a lot of quotes in here and a lot of awesome information. I took a fucking billion years to do the information, but anyway, so, so they thought that they, they thought they saw a Dyson sphere. Okay. Yeah. Um, they still don't know exactly what it is. They, they think that it's some kind of dust or comet, but it's still very, very mysterious. And the uh, the most recent time that they saw the star dimming, they predicted they would see it in 2017 in May, and they did. So it's still very mysterious, the star. It's probably not an alien megastructure, mm-hmm. but, you know, it, it caused a stir for a while. Okay. Yeah, Dyson Sphere. Um, I Woo! like how the data point was brought by Breakthrough Listen. Let's go open kimono here. Open kimono. Um, can I okay. ask you You literally—it's just like I'm looking at this insane gorilla speaking into a microphone. Yeah, no, because that's that's, I just—I gave everything I had. Okay. To the people, can I ask you? Go is open, you open kimono. Open kimono. Adam. Yeah. Do you believe in aliens? What do you mean? Do I believe in aliens? Are, are there aliens out there? Just just open kimono. Are there aliens out there? Are there aliens out there? Like, have there ever been aliens out there? Just, keep just be more go. specific just in go. your start question. Stop asking me questions and answer. Uh, yeah, I th- yeah, I mean, I think there has been, there is life. Out there, I, I mean, I I don't think you can think otherwise. There is life out there. Has been life out there at some point in time. I don't think that's really the question. The question is, are we going to find it? Is it going to contact think both us? Both is the question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think that that there definitely has been and still is life in the universe because of the probability. Okay. The the Fermi paradox, where we where we can't read anything, I think it's quite perplexing. And I'm a huge believer in aliens out in the universe, but when you really think about it and you look at the laws of physics, it doesn't make any sense. So either, so something's amiss. Something's amiss. Either we're messing up some of these laws, or no shit, something's amiss. We've only been doing this research for 50 years. We know barely anything about it. We're like little children playing with a microwave. Yeah, we're little, we're little children. I think we're we're missing. I think we're missing something huge. We're missing something. Absolutely. Think about this. You know what? I have no question for you. That's better. Okay, here we go. Do you think we'll find aliens in our lifetime? No. Cool. That makes I, me sad. That makes me super sad. I think I yes. In our lifetime? If you think about it, I mean, we're going to double the amount of time that we're, that we're trying to find stuff. We're going to exponentially increase the technology and the amount that we're listening. I think that there's a really good chance. I agree. But I, I think that that is a better bow and arrow. And it's not a gun. Bob Lazar thinks we've found them in the 80s. I think that he is an idiot. <laughs> Uh, who won the episode? I gave the episode... I don't know who won, but I gave it my heart and soul. I think that you gave it so much. I mean, I want to give it to you, but honestly, you're just a naked gorilla. I'm just a naked... At the end of the day, I'm just a naked homo sapien on planet Earth. You know who won the episode? Assistant administrators. God bless you. Yeah. Bless you for all your work, assistants. Um, Shout outs? Ab- ab- Absolutely. Can I say, for, for for who won who won the episode... I'm exhausted now and now I have to you find some way to I'm gonna make, have to hose you off. I have to find some way to make my girlfriend happy after what after our day last night she won the episode My girlfriend. I'm gonna have to you ho- literally look like you need to stand under a hose she won the spray. episode because now you know, I'm exhausted yeah, right you gave it a roll so I, I gave it her all okay um shout outs shout outs to Matt Sarah's boyfriend we already shouted. Uh, Matt, we we'll shout out, shout out. Yeah. My, Matt, Matt, thank so you for ding, Sarah. Thank for you for doing Sarah. Good sh- job. Shout out, sh- shout out to Bill and I, the science guy, and um, fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson for listening. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, shout out to whoever made your boxers because they are small, and you are just hey. Shout out to up. shout out to Tony Horton for this body. Okay, guys, to if Tony. you're sitting inside for 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 for, for Corona P90X. Yeah. Okay, P90X. Guys, we love you guys very much. Thank you for listening. Guys, Ad you work, can find us, find us on Facebook. You can listen to other episodes on your favorite podcasting thing of Joyce that plays episodes. Find when do episodes m- come out? Monday and Wednesday. Monday and Don't. Friday. Monday by Monday and Wednesday I mean Monday and Friday. By Monday and Wednesday means Holy Monday shit, and Friday. Holy shit, we need to get off the mics. We need to get off the mics. Guys, that was a really long episode. Sorry. Thank you. Bye.